0: this is Thurman Hayes, pastor of First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. We want to welcome you to this message from our services at First Baptist. We're a congregation that is seeking to touch lives through the life-changing power of the gospel. I pray that you'll encounter Christ and His power and love even now as you listen. We're turning your Bibles to the 100th Psalm this morning, and we're going to begin a an Advent series, a Christmas series um, here in a couple of weeks, but I wanted to take a day kind of in between series. We just finished Malachi, and I wanted to focus today specifically on the theme of thanksgiving. Psalm 100 is a great text to help us do that. So the 100th Psalm, going to be reading from the ESV this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of God's word as we we look at it together. The 100th Psalm says this, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth... "'Serve the Lord with gladness. "'Come into his presence with singing. "'Know that the Lord, he is God. "'It is he who made us, and we are his. "'We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. "'Enter his gates with thanksgiving "'and his courts with praise. "'Give thanks to him and bless his name, "'for the Lord is good, "'his steadfast love endures forever, "'and his faithfulness to all generations. You can be seated. <clears throat> Let's join together in prayer. <clears throat> Father, as we prepare to, to dig into this great psalm of thanks, too often we, our, our, our prayers um, lack. Thanksgiving, we can be so, so quick to come to you with our, our petitions and not count our blessings. And so we, we pray that you would work deeply in our lives today by, by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray that you would, by the power of your Spirit, work with, within us more of an attitude of gratitude, and that you would use this text to prepare us to, to come to this table and to truly experience thanksgiving, not just as a date on the calendar, but as a reality in our lives throughout the year. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, well through the years, um, you, you've, you've probably noticed that we, we've begun the celebrate Christmas a lot, a lot sooner. It used to be kind of that the Christmas season traditionally started right after Thanksgiving and now it kind of starts right after Halloween. And on the Hallmark movie channel, the Christmas movies, I think they start maybe even before Halloween and sometimes some of the radio stations are already playing, uh, playing Christmas music. I love it. No, no complaints here because I love Christmas and I, I love just all, all that kind of goes with it and to prolong that, do, to make it a few weeks longer is totally fine with me. However, we, we, we want to celebrate Thanksgiving, but we don't want to miss Thanksgiving. But, but more than that, we don't want to miss Thanksgiving in our lives. And Psalm 100 is a psalm of thanksgiving. In fact, if you look in your Bible at sort of the little, the little notation at the beginning of the psalm before verse 1, it'll say something like a psalm for giving thanks or a, a thanksgiving psalm. It's almost as if the psalmist is saying, if you want to know how to properly thank God, I'm going to show you how. And so, we're going to look at Psalm 100 this morning, and we're going to do that by looking at some key words. And if you're taking notes, the first one is shout. Shout. Let's check out verse 1. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Now, in, in English... Those, those first four words, <clears throat> make a joyful noise, <clears throat> in, in the original Hebrew, make a joyful noise is one word. Shout. <laughs> Shout. It, it means that, that when we come before him, and this is really a psalm that's about corporate worship, how we worship and even how we sing, it means that that when we sing, we are to do that loudly <laughs> with all of our hearts. Listen, if, if we're kind of, you know, not singing or mumbling or lip syncing, that's just not the idea. Because our God deserves our highest praise. Shout! Shout how? Joyfully. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. This psalm is sometimes called in Latin the the jubilate because our, our worship and our singing is to be jubilant, joyful, and it is also to be universal. What else does he say here? Make a joyful noise to the Lord. What? All the earth Now, this was a psalm that Israelites would sing in corporate worship, but God wanted the Israelites to understand that he was not Israel's private God, that he is the one true God of all the earth, and that his purpose is to be known and joyfully worshiped by people from every tribe and tongue. Psalm 67 and verses two through four say, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. John Stott was the pastor for many years of All Souls Church in in London and uh, Great Missions Church and Stott tells about one time uh, being away from his church and he was on on vacation and so he slipped in sort of incognito to worship at a, at another another church and and um and so uh, somebody got up their pastor wasn't there that day and somebody from the church got up and they were gonna lead in In prayer and they said well, so-and-so is sick We'll, we'll, we'll pray for them and uh, so-and-so just had a baby and we'll pray for them we'll, The pastor's away on vacation. We're, we're gonna pray for him So they they prayed for the, the the lady who was ill prayed for somebody who just had a baby They prayed for the uh, the the, the pastor and that was it That was it and Stott said, it was a village church with a village God. No concern for the outside world beyond their little, little world, none whatsoever. Listen, a faithful church has a heart for the world. If we're being a New Testament church, then we're going to have the, the, the passion to touch the world with the gospel through our giving through our, our our praying through our going that's what the lottie moon offering is all about it, we get a chance to we get a chance to touch people around the world you, you support you are a part of the team of of missionaries that is, is 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 going and seeking to reach every people group on earth and there are many who have never heard the name of Christ and you get to be a part through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering of of pushing back darkness in places all around the, the world make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Why? Because we want joyous praises to ring out to God from every people group, every tribe and tongue, from the mountains to the valleys as we sung earlier. We want joyous praises to fill the air for Jesus. And so the first word is shout. The second word is serve serve look at verse 2 serve the Lord how? with gladness because what a privilege it is to serve him in whatever capacity. <laughs> I agree with Pastor H.B. B. Charles. I, it, it, I don't care where, where he wants me to serve as long as he doesn't put me on the bench. <laughs> God wants you to be on the playing field, serving him with gladness in your heart. The third word is come. Come. Look at verse two again. It says, come into his presence with singing. Now, this is an invitation to worship, isn't it? It's an invitation to, to come. Some weeks ago, we, 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 foc- we were focusing on who's your one. And, and most of you brought forward the names of people in your lives that you're, that you're praying for and that you're sharing the gospel with, and that you are inviting to come and to worship with us. Who's your one? Be faithfully praying for them. Be faithfully sharing with them. Be faithfully inviting them to come and to worship with you. And what an awesome time of year it is to do that. Come, the fourth word is no. No. Let's look at verse three. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So, worship is, is not only to be joyful, we saw that in verse one, but worship is to, of, of God is to be intelligent. Our worship is not only to be with our heart, but it is also to be with our head. You know, sometimes in some churches it can be one or the other. There's some churches that are that are all head and no heart. And the worship is dry. And there there, there are others where it's all heart but no head. And there's no serious exposition of of scripture we we don't want to be either one we want to be a a, a church that is worshipping God with all of our hearts passionately joyfully but also worshipping with our heads as we learn more about him through his word as we know more and more about him Charles Spurgeon said our worship must be intelligent We ought to know whom we worship and why. We're not to be like the Athenians in Acts 17 who are worshiping an unknown God. Now our God desires to be known and we know him as we we learn more about his word and we learn who he is. We learn that he is our creator. Look again at verse three. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. Sometimes in our culture, we talk about self-made people. Let me tell you, there are no self-made people. (laughs) We are created by God. It is he who made us. He is our creator and he is our shepherd. Again, look at verse three. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And this echoes beautiful shepherd imagery from other parts of God's word. Psalm 23 and verse one says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Jesus in the 10th chapter of John says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice so there will be one flock, one shepherd. Note here that Jesus says that that there are sheep that are not of this fold. Again, this is missions. Missions. Our concern is not just for the people who are here, it's for the people who are not here. The people in our community who are not worshiping in any church this morning and the people around the world who have little or no access to the gospel. Look again at verse three. There there are two images here. One is that God is like a potter who's forming us, shaping us. What does it say? It is he who made us. And so we are are vessels in the potter's hand. And then it says we are the sheep of this pasture. We are sheep with a faithful shepherd. John Stott says the vessel is safe in the potter's hand. The sheep are safe in the shepherd's arms. The fifth word is enter. Enter. Look at verse four. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Now, when the psalmist says to, to enter his gates, it's talking here about the gates of Jerusalem. That this psalm was an invitation to, to come to Jerusalem as Pilgrims, which they would do several times a year. And they would enter through the gates of Jerusalem. But it was an invitation to, to come and to worship God with others at a specific place, at a specific time. You know, now, obviously, worship is to be a part of our lives, you know, on a daily basis basis all of our life as believers should be worship but but that does not negate the command to gather at a certain place at a certain time with other believers we need to understand that, that being a part of a church family, attending worship with other believers is not just sort of like an option in the Christian life. It's, it's a biblical command to, to, enter, to enter his gates, to worship together with other believers at a certain place, at a certain time, to worship him corporately, and we enter his gates with, with, with what? How? With what spirit? We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. That means we come to church with thanksgiving in our hearts. Listen, if you need a preacher or the, or the, or the worship team or a fog machine or whatever to get you in the mood to thank God, that's a problem. We have got a savior who bled and died for us and who rose again. We ought to enter into worship with thanksgiving in our hearts. We ought to come primed to worship God, thankful for what he's done for us. We don't need anybody else to get us in the mood. There's, a, there's a, a, an older African-American pastor in Los Angeles and he's friends with H.P. With HB, HB Charles, um, who's a pastor in Jacksonville. Uh, but this, this older African-American pastor was telling about a lady at his church, a young mother, and she would always pray at church. Every Sunday, she'd pray, oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. And the kids would get to giggling, you know, because they knew if she was called on to pray, she was going to say, oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Somebody asked her, I said, why do you, why do you pray, pray that? And she said, well, <clears throat> we live in a rough neighborhood. And sometimes at night, we can hear gunfire. And she said, I grab my little girl, and we huddle together on the floor, and I cry out, oh, Lord. And when we wake up, safely, and we've made it through the night, I say, thank you, Jesus. And then when I I go to put her on the bus to go to school, and I don't know what's going to happen to her while she's away from me during the day, I pray, oh Lord. And when I go to get her off the bus at three o'clock in the afternoon, I say, thank you, Jesus. And she said, when I get to church on Sunday, God has been so good that I combine those two prayers. Oh Lord, thank you, Jesus. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Notice here that he says also in verse four to to enter his courts with praise. These were the courts of the temple in Jerusalem. And, and the people could not go into, they could only go in the outermost courts because the innermost court of the temple was the holy of holies, the most holy place. And they, they could not go there. In fact, there was a thick curtain that separated the most holy place from the outer courts of the temple. But what happened on the day that Jesus died? The Bible tells us that as Jesus was hanging on the cross, that, that the curtain within, that separated the holy of holies from the outer courts of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And now through Christ, we can have access into to directly with God, the most holy place Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 and 20 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Through the blood of Jesus, we are invited to come into the most holy place before God in heaven as we pray that's our privilege as believers are you are you are you taking advantage of that privilege of prayer to come into the most holy place day by day 24/7 how's your prayer life how's your communion with god Jesus has opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. No wonder the psalmist says at the end of verse four, he exclaims, give thanks to him, bless his name because of who he is. And we see in verse five, just this beautiful picture of who God is. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness, to all generations. What a picture here in verse 5 of the character of God. What's God like? He's good. Verse 5 says, The, the, the Lord is, is good. Psalm 34 and verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Listen, as we come to the table in just a few minutes, I hope that you won't just sort of taste the the bread and the cup, but that as you do that, you will taste of the goodness of God, which is ultimately seen in the love of Jesus for us. He is good. Second, he is love. Verse five says, his steadfast love Endures forever. And the Hebrew word there is, is hesed. It's it's loyal love. It's love that doesn't give up. It's love that 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 endures. It endures forever. God is good. God is love. Third, he's faithful. He's faithful. Verse five says that his his faithfulness extends to all generations. He can be trusted. Has God been faithful to you? Then you can trust him. I love what the late pastor of 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia once said, James Montgomery Boyce. Has God been good in the past? Of course, then he will always be good. You need never worry that he might cease to be good or change his good ways. Has God been loving? Of course, then he will always be loving. His very nature is love. You need never worry that he will cease to love you. Has he seen you through difficult times? Those who have gone through them testify that God has kept them securely. God is good. God is love. God is faithful. And his goodness and his love and his faithfulness are all embodied In Jesus. I love what H.B. Charles says. God's love, goodness, and faithfulness are not just theological propositions. They are a living person. God's goodness has a name. God's love has a face. God's faithfulness has become pierceable. He chose to die rather than give up on you. So we praise God for Jesus Christ, who lived the life we could never live, and who died the death we should have died, so that by his blood and righteousness, we can be restored to a living God. Let's pray together as we prepare to come to the table. And so, Father, as as we prepare to, to take part in the special meal that you ordained, we pray that we would taste of your goodness, your love, your faithfulness, all of which is ultimately seen in Jesus, the one whose body was broken for us, the one whose blood was shed for us. Work in our hearts right now. Work in our lives as we take part in this. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. I hope you've been blessed by this message. Christ is the answer for every need, now and for all eternity. As someone once said, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Have you trusted in Jesus as your Savior? If not, why not now? His arms are open wide to receive you. It may help to pray a prayer like this. Father, I know that you are holy and that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. I know that you are a righteous God who must punish sin. But I believe that your Son Jesus took my punishment for me, died in my place, and rose from the dead so that I could have eternal life Almighty God, the Lord of this universe, the one who possesses all authority in heaven and earth, is now your loving Father, and you are His child. You say, I love Him. How can I honor God with the rest of my life? Well, when you love someone, you want to spend time with Him. We get to know God through His Word, through prayer, and through His people. I would encourage you to pick up a copy of the Bible and begin to read it. Begin to pour out your heart to Him in prayer. at fbcsuffolk.org Tell me what God is doing in your life. If you have spiritual questions I could help you with, please let me know. We're on this journey together.